Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So today, we wanted to talk about saving grace. Now, saving grace is the grace that I think we are most familiar with, right? This is the idea of God sending Jesus Christ, his son, to die for us, by which we have reconciliation with God, forgiveness of sins, because Jesus died for us, and we believe that. If we go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, that verse is kind of like the spine or the backbone of, of this understanding. So last time we read it from the NIV, I'll read it again for you, and it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay? So we ended with that verse last time and kind of talked about the fact that, and we really brought it home, and saving grace really talks about the first aspect of this whole idea, that it is by grace we have been saved through faith. Faith in who? Faith in Christ, and it's not of ourselves. So there's no, there's no measure of goodness that we could do to earn salvation. That's the beauty of the Christian faith, right? Many other faiths, you have to do this and that and this and that and this and that to earn whatever the supreme being's affection. In Christianity, in what we believe in Christ, is God is the one who initiated the relationship with us, and he came reaching for us. What a mighty God. What a loving God. Because God and his God just knows that our reaching for him would always be flawed. So the idea of grace, understanding the fact that you can be a hot mess, trying your hardest to not be a hot mess, but God is so holy that you're a hot mess regardless, even in your goodness. God understood that, so he sent Christ to bridge that gap so that if we have a relationship with Christ, we will be connected to God. What a beautiful thing. So this aspect of it here in the beginning really tells us straight up, listen, this is God and it's not you. It is a gift and it is a free gift from God, not by your works so that none of you can brag. Okay. And I think this, it, 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 and it sounds like Paul is really like driving us home to really let us know uh, this has nothing to do with you. This is free from God. This has nothing to do with you. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road and where the heart of what we're talking about today as far as how we are tempted to interfere with the free gift of God's grace by adding on our own uh, need to please, our own need to do, rather than just being what God has called us to be. All right. So this is where we kind of get into the works aspect of it. And last time we talked about the fact that this is where, you know, a, a lack of understanding of the value of the gift will cause you to take advantage of the gift, right? So if someone gives you something of great value, 
and you don't take the time to explore it, sit with it, appreciate it, examine it, and we just treat it with the label as free, we will devalue what it really is. When I make a big purchase and I buy something that is from my own money that I've worked and sweated and cried about, and I'm finally able to do it, I want to maximize how much I get out of it. I know many of you may be able to relate to that. As opposed to when somebody gives you something of great value, I wonder how curious we are about it, or are we um, enamored by the fact that we got this big thing that didn't cost us anything? So the last part of that verse in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do, okay? And that's kind of what we ended up with, with last week, the fact that the whole idea of God's investment in us by his grace is because God sees us as his handiwork. That God has prepared good works for us to do in advance. That means God has plans for us. God has a particular reason that would cause you to need his grace to be able to carry things out. God knows our flaws. He knows our weaknesses. He knows everything that we're going to face. He has everything in his hands. He also has a very specific purpose and plan for us in our lives, which he has prepared in advance. But he understands and he knows that it's impossible for us to ever get there without his saving grace. So today I wanted to kind of go through a scripture. And this is a Romans chapter three, verses 22 through 28. And today I thought it would be good to go through the easy to read Bible, easy to read version. I just like the way that reads uh, for this particular passage. And it reads, God makes people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. He does this for all who believe in Christ. Now, that's what we said. There's a level of grace that is spread abroad to everyone to create an opportunity for us all to have a relationship with Christ. Okay, so let's, let's, let, we, we, that's, the, that's the precedent. Like, Salvation is not selective. We all have the opportunity to get to know Jesus, okay? Everyone is the same. All have sinned and are not good enough to share God's divine greatness. They are made right with God by his grace. This is a free gift. They are made right with God by being made free from sin through Jesus Christ. God gave Jesus as a way to forgive sins, forgive people's sins through their faith in him, not in themselves. God can forgive them because the blood sacrifice of Jesus pays for their sins. Once again, it's a reiteration. It is not because of us. God gave Jesus to show that he always does what is right and fair. He was right in the past when he was patient and did not punish people for their sins. And in our own time, he still does what is right. God worked all this out in a way that allows him to judge people fairly and still make right any person who has the faith in Jesus. So, do we have any reason to boast about ourselves? No reason at all. And why not? Because we are depending on the way of faith 
not on what we have done in following the law. I mean, we are made right with God through faith, not through what we have done to follow the law. This is what we believe. Okay. This scripture uh, encompasses the whole idea of what it means to be saved by grace. Okay. This text right here, I, I would encourage you strongly to commit it to memory. If not, highlight it. If not, circle it, put asterisks around it and all that. Okay. Because God is really trying to get us to uh, serve him from our hearts and not our heads. Grace makes it possible for us to serve God from our hearts and not our heads. And I think that is so pivotal because it's so easy for us to get in our heads. And once we start getting in our heads, then in our heads is where our ideas are. Our ideas of God, our ideas of what he requires, our ideas of what we're supposed to be doing, our ideas of what God loves and what he doesn't. When he's saying very clearly, let's start right here. The only reason why you have a relationship with me in the first place is because I'm the one who initiated it and it was strictly a free gift from me. So instead of trying to live up to the free gift, trying to spend your life saving yourself, trying to spend your life trying to repay me for everything, why don't you get to know Jesus better? Why don't you sit with Jesus more? Because that's the connection and that's the fruit of grace, a relationship with Christ, which makes it possible to have a relationship with me. So it's always amazing when we think about, you know, we, this is a, a day and age where, you know, the name of Jesus is an offense. And people will talk about God all day, but they won't talk about Jesus. You know, people will say, and, and this is why Christ is paramount to believing in God and having a relationship with God, because there is no real relationship with God without his grace, which was given through Christ. The Bible tells us very clearly that if you want to know how much God loves you, Christ died. God proved his love to all of us in that Jesus died for us. So you have any question about God, how he cares about me, his relationship, what I need to do to be a Christian, what I need to do to live right, and all that is strictly through our relationship with Jesus Christ. So we are made right with God. We are put in right standing with God because of our faith in Christ. We're not put in right standing with God because we prayed. We're not put in right standing with God because we didn't sin today. Because we gave, we gave an offering. We was nice to people. No, you are made right standing with God because of your faith in Christ. So even if you do mess up, and even if you didn't pray, even if you didn't give, that's not great, but it doesn't take you out of right standing with God because right standing with God is a work of God through Christ. Very, very important. And this is the premise of the foundation of what it means to be saved by grace not of yourselves, that you can't merit it, you can't earn it. This is something that is strictly a gift from God and to be valued as a gift from God. Going back to my analogy before, when someone gives you a gift of great value, you don't really understand the value of the gift. An indication of the value of the gift is an appreciation for the giver. So I may not understand the fullness of what this gift is, but let me think about who gave it to me. 
Let me think about that person, that individual. What types of gifts would they give? What types of resources do they pull from when they give gifts? God gives heavenly gifts that are not of this world, that have an intangible measure to them. So when we think about salvation, we think about grace, it should force us to think about the greatness of God, the awesomeness of God, the limitlessness of God. And in the, at the same time, understanding that anything that God gives is going to have an aspect of himself in it. So you see, you can see how we would be living beneath our privilege when it comes to God's grace and appreciate the fullness of what this free gift is and how it's possible that I've been living beneath my privilege. There have been times, man, you know, going through fear, doubt, anxiety, struggling, vices, all kinds of stuff. If I just understood or reintroduced myself to the fact that God initiated this whole thing and I can pray, I can talk to God. I, there's always a way out. Why? Because God set the precedence from the beginning that my relationship was never based on me. Hey God, my name is John. You wanna be friends? It was never based on that. It was based on God initiating the relationship from the very beginning. Thank God for his grace. It's very easy to get God's grace and God's mercy confused. When you talk about God's mercy in relationship to God's grace, God's mercy is, yes, I'm saved, but I mess up, right? Now, now this, is, this is important, okay? Because I don't want, this is kind of touching on what we're going to talk about next time about greasy grace, okay? Grace is so free that it's very easy to take advantage of. And it's very easy to mock God about. Just because God shows his grace to us and in that same light gives us his mercy doesn't mean that he doesn't see what we're doing or what we're not doing. Right. And I think this is where the danger comes in, where, you know, God doesn't always slap us on the wrist. God doesn't always say things. The Holy Spirit nudges us every now and then, but God is not screaming and yelling at you and telling you what not to do. He leaves that aspect up to you. How much do you love me? And if you love me that much, I, I want you to love me more than you love doing these evil things. That's the end. It, it, it's a love thing, right? I love and appreciate God so much so that I want to read more about him. I love and appreciate God so much that I want to pray. I love and appreciate God so much that I want to give, that I want to serve others, that I want to not be selfish with my time. That's my love for God, right? So if my love for God is not causing me to want to do those things, I need to check my love for God because God's love is the same for me or more. Like when I say the same, not the same level, but God's love towards us doesn't change. There's no way that you can make God love you more. He loves you to the max, whether you have a relationship with him or not. He doesn't love you any less or any more. God is love. It doesn't fluctuate. Fortunately, ours fluctuates all the time because it's predicated on how we feel. It's predicated on how we feel about God, how we feel about each other, how we feel about where our life is going, and all those things, right? So Lord, Lord, help us to be more consistent in our pursuit of you that would help to make our love for you more consistent. So that's the aspect that we, that's our job, right? There were some quotes that I, um, his name is David Jeremiah, a tremendous Bible teacher, and he basically said, 
The difference between grace and mercy, I hope you can see this in context. Mercy keeps us out of hell, but grace takes us to heaven. Here's another one. Mercy hears the cry of the thief on the cross, but grace promises him paradise that same day. Here's another one. Mercy withholds from us what we deserve, but grace gives us what we don't deserve. Grace is God's ability to not give us what we deserve. His ability, and it was this, here's, here's the, the illustration that I saw. Thank you, Lord. Um, and I forget what the guy's name is, but he, he, he made this illustration. I thought it was a really good, um, good thing. So they, imagine a man climbing a mountain, right? And he's on the edge of this cliff and he's getting weaker and weaker and weaker and he is losing his grip. And he cries out to God and God takes him by the hand and puts him on top of the mountain. So he didn't have to finish climbing in his own strength. Neither did he have to fall. He was put right on the top of the mountain because he cried out to God. That's grace. Mercy would be him trying to do things in his own strength, knows he's getting tired, climbing up the mountain, and he falls. In his pride, he falls. Falls to the ground, gets hurt, hurts himself. When he's on the ground, he cries out to God. God, I need your help. Please help me. God sends an ambulance and helps him to get healed. That's mercy. So you understand the precedence of there's a dynamic between the two things, God's grace and God's mercy, that in order to appreciate each one, we must understand that they're not the same. Now, they work in relationship with each other, but at the same time, they're not the same. And without God's grace, there's really no precedent for God's mercy. So as we're going through this series and as we're going through the process of understanding the gravity of what it means to be forgiven, what it means to be saved, what it means to be loved and cared for by God. There's also a responsibility for us in that appreciation for salvation to now shed that abroad on other people. So if we can close or conclude with just thinking about for the next few minutes, what it really means to be a recipient of saving grace. And how does that affect how you see other people who are not worthy or who are not deserving of the grace of God. Now, this is a place that I think we, we, we can all relate to in that we're living in a world where everybody's not nice people. We're living in a world where people are not always friendly and always kind. There's a lot of selfish people in our world. There's a lot of people who are self-absorbed and consumed with themselves in that sense. God has given us a responsibility to see this world and see people the way he sees them. Not the way we are tempted to see them. Not even the way they are. Right? Like, like seeing people the way they are. This is kind of talking about that double-sided aspect of grace and that we are recipients of this free gift of salvation and this free gift of forgiveness and reconciliation with God. So then the question becomes, well, if you're receiving something that you're not deserving of and you have an understanding that you're receiving something that you're not deserving of, shouldn't that provoke you to look at others in a more redemptive light? Shouldn't that cause us as ones who are recipients of the bountiful grace of God that we have not earned 
Shouldn't that provoke us to be more gracious in our dealings with others? Shouldn't that provoke us to look at people and say, ah, you know what? I know you, you, you don't deserve this, but you, you're, you're made in God's image and likeness and God has a purpose for your life. So, you know, I'm not going to judge you like you deserve to be judged. I'm not going to write you off because God didn't write me off. See now, see, now this is coming into like the living into the saving grace aspect of it. So when God, the challenge that God is really saying to us through this scripture and through this text in the Romans 3, 22 through 28 text is understanding that you're made right with God because God made it that way. Now, he made it that way with very little effort on your part. That's a challenge to us in our own relationships to walk in a more forgiving and redemptive posture, knowing that the offense is not, and let, me, let me say it like this. The offense that we suffer from people, um, when we take these offenses personally, it makes it very easy for us to walk in unforgiveness. When we make decisions and choices to forgive but not forget, and those types of things, that kind of almost slaps the whole idea of saving grace in the face because you're living and dealing with a God who sees every single thing you think and do. He sees the stuff that you thought about doing before you actually did it that was wrong in your thought life. And he doesn't hold that against you. He still creates an opportunity for redemption. And it's not, mm, I see what you did. You remember when you did that last time? That's condemnation. Ooh, see? Mm, no, I'm not answering that prayer. You know you haven't talked to me in years. I'm not answering that prayer. No, that's mercy. God is merciful. That's merciful, okay? But there's a calling that grace calls us to. Not just this way, but this way. Not just from us to God, but from God through us to one another. And I'm just going to add, um, as you're closing, mm -hmm. this would be where grace and mercy work in tandem because mm -hmm. mercy is what causes you to not punish people like when you're not forgiving them versus forgiving them. Mm -hmm. But grace is what allows you to extend yourself beyond just forgiving someone. Mm -hmm. So grace would be, again, what, what causes you to extend an olive branch or extend right. yourself knowing full well that they did some X, Y, and Z or, mm -hmm. or, or they, they deserve that. So the mercy is not punishing them by not forgiving them or or holding a grudge or, mm -hmm. or making it known that you're not happy with them or that they've done or they've caused you an injustice or they, they've, they've caused you pain. But grace is going beyond that fact that you're not going to hold a grudge, but now extending yourself and showing basically the love of God, yeah. which he showed us because his love for us, I believe, is what fuels the grace that he extends towards us. Mm -hmm. So that same love is what should work through us when we extend grace to other people. So, you know, I know you mm -hmm. had said, you know, and it's, it's easy to inter interchange yeah. them both. Get them confused, right? And at times they work very much in tandem. So they're working together to create 
you know, kind of one outcome, mm-hmm. but they are different. So I, I just wanted yeah, to point wonderful. out that. Yeah, 100%. Us doing this particular study and, and really meditating on this, you know, foundational truth also reveals another depth of appreciation that we're called to for those things that we have sometimes confused, right? Just think about the times that you've read scriptures or you think you know something and it wasn't highlighted enough for you to look at it in, in a deeper way to understand that there are two different things, right? That you have experienced on both ends of the spectrum. Like you've experienced God's grace, but you're devaluing it by calling it as mercy. And you've experienced God's mercy, but you're devaluing mercy without the context of God's grace. So understanding that, understanding what it calls us to. See, because doing all this, talking about saving grace and, and, and understanding the one way um, appreciation for it, that God shed his grace on me and missing the fact that God's grace being shed on me should flow through me as a channel to everybody else is us really not understanding the concept of what it means to be a recipient of God's grace, right? And unfortunately, we're in a world where, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, what can I get? What can I get? Gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, it's about me. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about what God did for me. It's what God's going to do for me. What's God going to do for me? At the end of the day, can God use you as a channel of his grace? Like, can God show someone else his saving grace, his ability to forgive, his ability to redeem, his ability to empower, his ability to love through how people see we love one another? That people can really feel free when they apologize to us. And that if they don't apologize to us and we decide to give mercy, that they feel the mercy of God and not a string attached later. Well, I didn't I I didn't I didn't give you what you deserve. And, you know, you deserve that. I I didn't do it. I didn't do. And this is the thing. The description of God. God talks about his mercy and he says, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. So it's an act of the will that God will show mercy. And God is challenging us, even in our interactions with one another, displaying these things, displaying God's grace, displaying God's mercy towards one another is an act of your will. It's not something that's gonna just flow through you without you actively allowing God's will and allowing God's love and his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and his redemptive nature to flow out of you because you appreciate what he's done for you to others who do not deserve it. So this series is really calling us to a deeper level of appreciation for our devotion to God. And that if we say we're saved, and if we say we love the Lord, and if we say we're Christians, and we say we are the lights of the world and salt of the earth, and we say that we are um, loving and gracious and forgiving, and all the things that God has called us to be, that our will must be surrendered to those very things. And those things are sacrificial at the end of the day. You know, they don't feel good to be merciful to someone who doesn't deserve it. It doesn't feel good to be gracious to people who trod over it and disregard it. 
God is gracious to the world, create an opportunity for us all to come into relationship with, with Christ every single day. And people are cursing God out. People are, 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 are killing each other. All the, this is not the world that God designed. When he looks down on this earth, he's not smiling and happy that everybody is, but he still sheds his grace and his love and his mercy and creates an opportunity for all of us to come into, to one day, come into that knowledge of how much he really cares for every single one of us. What a, what a mighty God we serve. And, and, and one day you came to that recognition. And for some of you, it wasn't God appeared to you at night in a dream and said, I love you and I want you to be with me. It was a person. It was someone's life that you saw God's love and grace through. Someone was a channel of God's goodness that brought you to a recognition of God. God is asking, will you put yourself in that position to reciprocate that to somebody else who is desperate to know God? who is desperate to come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the calling of this series. And that's what we pray, our understanding of the saving grace of God, the free gift of God, not of us, so that none of us can boast, that we create that opportunity for someone else to come into right relationship with God, not because they can on their own, but because God has made us right through Christ. And all we're going to do is let people know. You can be right with God. It's not through works. It's through relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for you, who you are to us, God. We thank you and we praise you for your uh, unmerited grace, thank the you, grace Lord. that we don't deserve that you extend to us, God. We thank you for it, God. We thank, thank you, you because you are going to revolutionize our mindset so that we'll be able to appreciate, truly appreciate the grace that you have given us and continue to give us, oh God. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that as we uh, embark upon this new season in this world, God, mm. that you would um, equip us with the strength, God, and, 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 and the know-how, just like the sons of Issachar knew what to do. Yes, Lord. I pray that you give us the discernment to know what to do, to know how to pray, to know what to say, God, yes, Lord. so that we might counteract the plans of the enemy and we might fight, God, mm -hmm. as Christians, God. I pray, God, that you would help us in our minds, God. Some of us are struggling so much mentally yes, Lord. through not only what's going on in the world, but just through what's going on in our lives, God. Mm. So I pray, God, that you would strengthen and fortify our minds yes, Lord. and that our spirits would be stronger. Help us to feed our spirit so that we're able to fight against the wiles of the, of the devil, God, and that we're able to stand, God. I pray, God, that you give us the strength physically Oh, God, and emotionally, God, to be able to deal with whatever comes yes, our Lord. way, God. Help us. I, I pray especially, God, for the, uh, the, the church in the Ukraine, God, that you would strengthen them Please, like Lord. never before, God. Lord, I pray your spirit would stand up in them, rise in them, God. Give mm. them the strength to fight spiritually and naturally, oh, God, as we, as we uh, prepare to... to Warfare in the spirit, God, I pray, God, that you would strengthen your church, God. Let us all rise up 
and fight the enemy, oh God. We pray against premature plans of the enemy that yes, would come Lord. to bring about things that you have not uh, planned for at this appointed time. Yes, Lord. We know that some things will come upon the earth, but at this appointed time, you have plans, God. You have plans to uh, to broaden uh, your church and you have plans, God, yes, to, to for us to reach more people, God. So we pray now and we curse the hand of the enemy yes, that Lord. would come with premature plans. In the name of Jesus to end this world. We pray now, God, that you would uh, continue to encourage us, oh God, and we would continue to just be the church that you've called us yes, to be, God. And like always, we pray that you give us the grace for the things that will not change, that we have to endure, that you have called us to endure, God. Mm. Give us the grace to deal with it. We pray you give us the mercy when we fall short and the favor to obtain the things we cannot on our own, even in this season, God. We thank you and we praise you, God. And we thank you because we will continue to be light and salt in yes, this Lord. earth, God. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, nine through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We wanna know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.